Hello and welcome. You're listening to Yaz and Ben. Brought to you by Novel Wines. In this podcast, we discuss all the weird and wonderful wines stocked by Novel Wines uh, with the founder, Ben Franks. And we speak to people from around Bristol, Bath and beyond all about interesting wine facts and how their business coincides with the wine industry. Yes, I'm going to go even deeper into wine. I'm going to do culture, family, friends, food, everything wine related. I'm quite excited about this week. We have Tracy Very Chapman, exciting. Master Chocolate Taster, to come and talk to us about Chocolate Voyage, her new company. Uh, yeah, we're both chocolate fans. Can it we? get any better, wine and chocolate? <laughs> I don't think it can. Definitely can't. Okay, let's dive right in and speak to Tracy. So, Tracy from Chocolate Voyage. Well, hello. Your title is Master Chocolate Taster. What is that and how do I become one? (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, Well, basically, I've spent the last three years learning a lot about chocolate and tasting a lot of chocolate. I'd say thousands of chocolates. Uh, It's really about sensory skills, um, but it's also about understanding everything from the bean Chocolate's made from the seed of a fruit to the finished product, which in this day and age is mostly a bar. So it's been a bit of a journey. Um, I would say I'm a chocophile, not a chocoholic. I'd love to tell you the difference. (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, I'm, I'm a little further along than other people. Just, but everybody should go on in the journey together. And what would you say is the sort of the most interesting or sort of unknown fact then that you've learned over your chocolate voyage? Oh my goodness, that's that's like <laughs> that's, that's yeah, 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 that's a hard question. <laughs> Pick because, one. Okay, one. Okay, uh, let's see here. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Perhaps but, something that you know the ordinary dairy milk eater <laughs> wouldn't well, know. Uh, that's a good question. Well, that's a good yeah. Trying to figure out. Uh, let's just say the history of chocolate is 5,000 years old and that for most of chocolate's history it was not consumed as a bar it was drunk and it was drunk as a health-giving nourishing food it's only been in the last hundred years that it's gone into a bar form mass-produced and associations around chocolate are sort of sweet uh, from what it, you know, obviously this is very different from what it was. So you're telling me traditionally chocolate was actually good for you? Yes, and wow. it's, it is still good for you. It is good. Good chocolate is good for you, yes. So, so what's the difference between the dairy milk bar and, and the chocolate you're sharing with people? All right, so um, I, I should step back and talk a little bit about the new generation of craft yeah. chocolate because that's really what i'm which is about. what I'm, chocolate voyage is, is sharing exactly right? yeah. chocolate voyage is about sharing a new generation of craft chocolate that is very different from most of the confectionery out there uh the ch- new generation of chocolate is really about going back to the quality of the bean uh and the flavor of the bean so it is and that's where you know again Ben and I have had some great conversations and have done pairings because the new generation is very much about the varietal, the terroir, and the maker. So it is very much about the flavor of the chocolate. Most of what's out there is a sort of pale imitation. It's got it's made with a tasteless bean. Uh, it because of that they add a lot of sugar and they add other things. So it becomes something else. It becomes like a sweet product but chocolate is in itself 
you know, a good a good food. And, um, you know, I'm all about darker chocolate in reality, but we can talk about milk chocolate too. There's, there's quite an interesting comparison there with the, with the variety to wine and wine drinking um, because you're, we have a similar thing in the wine world where the kind of sweet roses are the, the gateway <laughs> into drinking wine. But when you dive deeper in, it's uh, the flavor changes so much based on the production and the viticulture. It's a similar thing with chocolate and the way the bean is grown. Well, yeah, that, again, these are mm. uh, big questions. Um, <laughs> but I, I should, let's step back a little bit and yeah. talk about the fact that in in the world today, there are only 5% of cacao grown. Remember, cacao is the seeds of a fruit. So chocolate actually comes from the seeds of fruit and the way it is processed and transformed, like, like grapes and wine. There is only about 5% of cacao currently that is really considered flavorful. The rest of it, the rest of, uh, of chocolate is made from bulk cacao. So it's grown for yield, therefore flavor sacrificed. Um, so that's really an important thing, and that's why we're so early on uh, with this new chocolate and getting back to flavor. But the flavorful chocolate, the the chocolate made from the the the, the flavorful cacao, it is very similar mm. to um, looking at it in the way that wine is. I would say, when I say gateway, I, I talk about maybe a slightly lower percentage darker chocolate, like a 60% with a, a touch of salt that puts in caramel notes. Mm. So I, there are definitely, I call it, what is the gateway to dark chocolate? <laughs> I am for lighter percentage, but mm. darker chocolate is where the flavor is. And much like um, novel wines, we you know stock wine from all around the world. Um, the weird and the wonderful. Where does you know the cacao bean that 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 you would say makes the good chocolate come from? Cacao only grows in the tropical belt, so that the cacao will never grow in England. If it does, we're in serious problems. It could go in a it could grow in a greenhouse. That's always possible, and people mm. are doing that, but not anywhere for production. So. The where cacao comes from are actually the origin is the upper Amazon. So we're talking today that's uh, Peru, uh, Ecuador, Venezuela. Hmm. Uh, then it was taken up into Central America, Mexico. Uh, it, it can grow in places like uh, Vietnam. There's some great production going on there. Indonesia, uh, tip of northern Australia because that tip mm. of northern Australia is in the tropical belt and Hawaii uh, so it grows in the US but in the tropical part yeah. which is Hawaii so yeah so it, there are a number of different uh, places that cacao and the flavorful cacao is being grown very nice it sounds like a good holiday destination list as well based on our yes. podcast from last time yes, yeah. a few of those uh, hot spots have been ticked off there yeah. have, have you been out and seen the cacao being grown and harvested and yes, and met? yes I've, what's that uh, like well you know it's like going to a farm mm. um cacao grows in more of a jungle condition um it is it grows in a sort of ecosystem of trees and other mm. plants and they call it the understory so cacao tree is actually quite small it's probably f six feet and other bigger trees grow around it to shade it to protect it um, and that's quite fascinating. Um, but it is like jungle, like, you know, Indiana Jones heading out 
um, in very hot conditions up on the jungle hills to see the, the cacao growing. And so does the chocolate that you have at Chocolate Voyage, does that come from a particular place or does it come from a mix of all these places you mentioned? Okay, so Chocolate Voyage, we're working with chocolate makers. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the the chocolate makers are choosing beans uh, from different areas of the cacao-growing world. Um, I have biases towards (laughs) certain beans. Yeah. and there, so you know, I would say some of the better chocolate makers are sourcing from places like Peru and Ecuador. Uh, there's some cacao being grown in India, believe it or not, uh, which is quite interesting taste. Again, the cacao takes on a bit of the flavor of the tawar where it's grown. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different flavor variety depending on the bean the maker uses and also the tawar where it's grown and then what they add to it that's quite an interesting parallel to wine so how how does um a bean grown in a certain place uh, affect the flavor can you give an example of the way the tawar is affecting the flavor uh once it's been produced into a bar uh okay so t- varietal is really key mm. uh but for example um let's say cacao grown in Ecuador has certain flavors, but yet cacao being grown in a place like Vietnam, definitely when you taste it, has flavors that you feel are, you know, sort of what you would think of as Vietnam, much more spicy notes, maybe more exotic fruit. Um, so yeah, so there can be some very interesting flavor because of the toar. So yes, it's similar to in that wine, in wine nice. in that regard. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, so talking a little bit about wine, can you share your first memory about wine? Ooh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's a little embarrassing, but my dad tells the story, so I think it's legitimate. It all started <laughs> on a family trip to Andorra when I was eight years old. Okay. okay. Well. And this is back Pretty in the days it. with <laughs> jugs of wine. And uh, my parents left us in the hotel room with a bottle of jug of wine. <laughs> I didn't know any better, and I must have drank at least half the jug. My parents came back from, they'd gone out to dinner, and they came back, uh, I guess, you know, that doesn't sound good, leaving an (laughs) eight-year-old in a hotel room, but it was all good, it was good. Uh, They came back to find me rather drunk uh, and uh, in bad shape, um, and my dad fondly likes to talk about how he and my mother took took me in their arms and literally dragged me up and down the streets of Andorra to s- try and sober me up. <laughs> Having said that, did not put me off wine. I, I do love wine, so but it's a good, a good story my dad likes to tell. Brilliant. And is there a similar story of uh, discovering chocolate, or is that <laughs> slightly less embarrassing? What was, what's your first chocolate memory? Well, you know, like all of us as, as kids, we, we were given more of the sweet chocolate, so I I'm, uh, grew up in Portland, Oregon. Um, so out there it was M&Ms and Hershey's. Everyone here in England is horrified. You know, they tell me how bad Hershey's is. So I, I grew up like a lot of um, children on quite a sweet version of chocolate. I would say I then moved to New York City and I worked in New York for many years. And I think that's where I kind of beca- came into my... Um, I guess more the understanding what good chocolate is. Um, there were certainly some good chocolatiers in uh, New York, so to go and have a little bit. I'm I'm a, I'm all about really 
having the best and savoring a little. And that was starting to be available in New York when I was there. Mm. Do you think then, do you think it's sort of an age thing in terms of when you're little, you like the sweeter sort of chocolate. And then as you get older, your taste buds change and develop um, to like the sort of the, the darker, the richer chocolate. Our sense of food is more complex than we think. Um, the experiences of what we have on our tongue are only 20% of our experience of food. In actual fact, it's like wine. It's all about yeah. breathing in and out. It's about the aromas. So when you're a little child, your taste buds are geared towards sweet and bitter. Sweet for your mother's milk, bitter for poison. So yes, as a younger person, you know that your your tongue's primed as well as your hormones perhaps to want to have sweeter things but as we get older and we don't need as much energy and also you know our palate becomes a little bit more sophisticated through our experiences i think yes to answer your question i think as you you do get older your appreciation for something a little bit more sophisticated comes into play i asked that because yeah we were discussing earlier with um, in terms of wine perhaps when you're sort of first starting to drink wine, it may be for an ulterior reason or motive. Uh, and then as you get older, um, we sort of talked about how your your tastes change, but also the the sort of uh, the atmosphere and situation that you're in and, and how you drink it changes as well. Yeah, I think context is hugely important. Do you think it's the same for chocolate? Is there an ideal setting where you would taste your chocolate for the first time? You just have to be ready and... Um, and able to taste chocolate the way you should be tasting it, which is very slow. Yeah. Uh, should we give it a go? I've seen you put some chocolate uh, in. Yeah, should should we do chocolate? a, a yes. little tasting? I can I think see, yeah, my eyes lit, yes, lit, lit up. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. I didn't realize we were going to be do. I would have maybe have thought of some other ones to bring, but I did bring um, uh, a bar actually by uh, a chocolate maker uh, who is relatively local uh, to here. He's based in Dorset. Uh, it's Solkiki is the brand name and Bob and Iris are the chocolate makers and they are um, they're they're really doing well they're 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 starting to win some big awards okay so Tracy if you walk us through how to taste it all right so um, when we're tasting chocolate it's the art of the taste and it's similar to wine so first thing is we look at the chocolate uh, as a chocolate it, you know, a person in the chocolate business, an expert, I'm looking for shine. Um, I'm looking for how um, nicely the color is. This color is very lovely in this piece of chocolate. Um, the next thing is we're going to put it close to our mouth, and we've got the microphones here, but yeah. hopefully. Uh, and we're going to start to smell. We're going to get our palates warmed up smelling. So, sorry, should, should chocolate be shiny? That's that's a sign of it's been well tempered or molded. Been, okay. So it a nice this is very nicely done. There's some amazing bars out there that are beautiful to look at. But anyway, so so we're giving it lots of smells and there's a reason our nose is you know, above our mouth. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna slowly put it in our mouth and we're not gonna chew. Resist. Do oh, not it's chew. Be hard, isn't it? Yeah. No, no. Well, actually, no. I know, that's a bigger piece. Yeah. To be fair, so if you want to bite it, just to get it slightly <laughs> down. Yeah. That's okay. But resist chewing. Yeah. Uh, and the reason um, you that you know this chocolate is made with cocoa with a co- the 
the bean itself, the cacao. And I, I and I go back and forward saying cacao and cocoa. And if we've got time, we can talk about that. I'll just keep trying to say cacao. But the cacao bean has a lot of cocoa butter or cacao butter, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which melts at body temperature. So the flavor of the chocolate will be delivered as it's melting in your mouth. That's why it's important mm-hmm. not to chew because you chew it just uh. takes the food down and also as you're letting it melt in your mouth you are you're you're you know breathing in and out so as you're breathing in and out the aromatic compounds of the chocolate are making their way into your brain and so hopefully you're experiencing more you are experiencing things from your tongue you will be experiencing hopefully sweet because this is 70 percent um but it, it's all about really the breathing in and out um so here we go okay can i chew now <laughs> well you just you know because we, we can't we can't spend an hour <laughs> yeah. on, on enjoying the and well, i'm enjoying it, it but i'm not We've got lots to talk about. We can shorten this. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, we've got lots to talk about. So yes, you can. You, you, but you shouldn't be tasting any bitterness. No, that's really important because the beans are very under roasted. Bitterness comes from over roasting. So that's where people's most people's associations, I guess, with dark chocolate is it's bitter because a lot of it is over roasted. I um, was expecting, yeah, because you said it's you know it's vegan and there's only the two ingredients, but it it, it does. Perhaps it's because of what I think of as chocolate, but it does have that creamy sort of that taste to it. That's because again, it's the whole bean, mm. so it's the butter that's very creamy. Oh, and yes. these beans, again, are are sort of valued for the amount of fat in them. That that is sort of the you know the holy grail in really good cacao beans is the ratio. So that's what actually gives chocolate its sort of creamy taste there's not yeah, necessarily it, a need to put all these other things in it when it, it gives has it that. its creaminess and other uh, makers will add extra cocoa butter cacao butter back in because they want it to be a nice experience in your mouth yeah um, it's, it's a nice balance actually of um, those caramel notes that are probably the most familiar uh, to someone who might not have had this chocolate before but also this kind of toasted brioche almost savory uh, sweetness in there yes. as well which makes it a lot more interesting it goes on for a lot longer afterwards yeah. that kind of um, bready you can tell you're the expert yeah because well. that's spot on that's completely <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ben is very good I at, can put it into uh, words but that's exactly yeah, yeah that's exactly he's, it he's very good at you know picking up he's got a great palate and he's really yeah. able I'm yeah. very impressed with you know <laughs> your ability to pick out flavours I mean flavour is something that's can be personal, right, Ben? I mean, yeah, definitely. Because it's all about your smell, memory, and your your cultural, you know, where you how you grew up. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. But I think as well, you were right about if you just let it melt, mm. um, you realize a lot more is going on. I think if you just ate that quickly, it's you only really get one flavor. It's similar when you drink wine. If you just drink it, you yeah. won't pick up a huge amount beyond one or two flavors. But when you suck a little air over it, where you always see the specials go, yeah, yeah, know, that yeah. sort of thing, uh, you break it down into layers. And I think it's a similar thing, right, where you're leaving it to melt at body temperature. You're experiencing a lot more. You're opening up those aromatics, like you said. So, yeah, yeah it makes it very interesting. I guess it's, it's, it's savouring the flavour and taking that time mm. to, to really just think about what you've just put in your mouth and think about the different flavours you're getting as opposed to 
munching down a, a dairy milk other chocolates available or you know like swigging back the wine it's i think is it almost a cultural shift that's happening mm. potentially in the uk especially is that people are taking the time to think and sort of appreciate tastes a bit more do you think that's right I, well i think it's er, still early days there's mm-hmm. it's definitely a trend though you know back to savoring food and a back to to finding flavor again because so much food in our, our stores is not that flavorful yeah so again i think there is there's definitely a wave and also the wave of real food you know yeah. getting back to flavor of real food yeah yeah we're starting to appreciate you know the nat- the more natural things as opposed to what perhaps the last couple of decades have been in terms of mass production and sort of pumped with whatever else yeah is around definitely yeah brilliant and and you've got another chocolate there do you want to introduce that one yeah this is slightly different um this is a um a chocolate uh okinson's um and he actually uh bertel okinson uh is actually the uh owner of the farms the cacao farms uh, in this case, uh, he has uh, a number of farms in Madagascar, which is an oh, island wow. off the coast of Africa, the continent of Africa. Uh, and these are um, a trinitarial bean. Again, I don't want to get too into the different varietals, but you know that is one of the the well known ones, the trinitario. Uh, in as I was saying, that uh, cacao sort of grows in a whole ecosystem of different plants. Uh, in this case, uh, pepper, black pepper, pink peppers uh, are indigenous to uh, Madagascar, so they grow in his ecosystem. So he likes to add back in uh, black pepper, and it's okay. a, it gives it a spicier flavor. So this is actually an infused bar. So we just tasted one bar that was just strictly a plain bar. Uh, and now we're going to taste something that has some black pepper in it. This you will definitely there's going to be hopefully some style difference here. Mm-hmm. So we're we're giving it a good smell. It's darker, isn't it? This is that's a good yeah good yes you've already <laughs> got into it. This is seventy five percent. So this is a seventy five percent cacao uh, versus the last one, which was seventy percent. Mm. Okay. So there was there's five percent more. So the, the the melt is a little bit grittier because of sorry I've got it in my mouth but <laughs> a little grittier because of the the pepper bits in it. But wait for the pepper to kind of kick in. Oh yeah. So it's actual bits of bits of that's pepper. what sort of the grain. But it doesn't overwhelm the chocolate. Mm. So this is again these are two I should say these are world winners. I judge for the international chocolate awards. So this this Peruvian chocolate by Solkiki was a, won a world silver last year in the International Chocolate Awards. And then this particular Okinson's also wins like a world award. I don't know. I mean, they've won numerous over the years, but in terms of a, a let's say a pepper infusion. So mm-hmm. this is probably, this is one gold, world gold. Mm-hmm. So again, we're getting those hot hot notes of the pepper, but the chocolate flavor is still coming through. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, they add more cocoa butter, and they roast a little bit more. So this is mm-hmm. their this is a French style of chocolate. 
Oh. It's nice. It is nice. It's, it's really cool. nice. An almost kind of smoky mm. character as well, which yes. is really nice. Mm. Could imagine this with a nice Shiraz, actually. A, yes. A, a lovely Shiraz and some chocolate. <laughs> I think that, yeah. Mm. So is they, do they, um, what sort of different things uh, do you stock that have, you know, that's got pepper in it? Is there anything else that people might not have thought of at home? That's in the chocolate you stock? Okay, so again, I'm more about plain dark or plain bars Mm -hmm. because the flavor of the chocolate really is coming from the bean itself. So I call call the, and and again, I like this Oakinson because it is part of, you know, the ecosystem on the farm. Yeah. Um, So I like this one and it's kind of got a different spicy flavor. Um, I would say it's more, you know, Chocolate Voyage carries more different percentages. Okay. Again, I like to go really high. So I get excited when I turn people on to an 85% okay. or a 90%. Um, the 100 percenters are a special breed. Um, and they know they're, they know what they're getting into. Most people, they're still nervous about 70%. But I, I love to introduce people to bars that are 80% and they can't believe how sweet it is. Yeah, I'm really shocked actually by, because you know, 75% I think that looks a lot darker. Is it going to taste a lot more sort of bittery or sharper? And it it no. doesn't at all. No. Is that to do with the roast though? You mentioned that they don't roast as much as other chocolates. Is that why you can get away with a higher cacao level? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's all about the 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 maker really bringing out the flavor notes of the cacao and they're very gentle in the roasting because they don't want to destroy uh if you roast too much it gets bitter so they tend to roast um very little you know less than half an hour in some cases 10 minutes or less Uh, i was going to say too that um um, I do also, we carry some fun, I call it the white chocolate of the world. It's not technically chocolate, but uh, white chocolate's an occasional chocolate. It's fun chocolate. Um, also, I carry an Ecuadorian maker who also, like Okinson, uh, has introduced sort of indigenous uh, fruits, nuts, okay. roses to the chocolate. Again, the chocolate's coming through but there's some different notes from yeah. from his inclusions, I guess, or flavorings. Yeah, nice. so a bit of a spectrum. Yeah, but I'm, I am about. I want people to get to the dark end of the pool. I'm okay yeah. if people are in the middle, but yeah. it's good to get to the dark end. Yeah, and just to chat a little bit about chocolate and wine pairings, we've done a, a few now that work really Actually, well. We, we, we're hitting it. Yeah, I yeah. think we've done some good ones. Some very good we've ones. We've got some great pairings. Um, what, what was quite interesting the first time we met was the challenge of putting um, white wine with chocolate because one thing I noticed with quite a lot of the chocolates is there is a gentle, uh, quite a nice gentle acidity there and also matching the tannin, uh, the kind of dry sensation you get when you have the chocolate which is the same as you get when you have the red wines and some white wines as well but actually having a wine like Riesling where you have a lot of fruit flavor and a lot of citrus it cuts through that tannin really well and I think that's one of the nicest um, matches we've done is Riesling and, and some of your darker chocolates. Yes yeah I, I'm, I'm really excited mm. about those um, the Rieslings and some of this uh, seven, again a Jamaica 75 mm. 
um, comes to mind um, by another maker, actually a British maker. Mm. Uh, I think people are always surprised uh, at how well these pairings go. Um, we've yeah. done some really good ones, again, with your Indian Shiraz and a yeah. spicier chocolate. Um <laughs> Yeah, the, the Indian Shiraz is one of Yaz's favorites. His personal favorite. Oh, <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and yeah, also yeah. This, this one, this chocolate by Sulkiki, we've done really well because, again, it's got the fruity notes, and I think mm. that pairs well. Ben, again, Ben is really good at pairing and, and getting flavor and sort of understanding. Um, I think you actually helped me to understand really that pairing is about amplification of flavor, at least in the Western world. Yeah. Uh, we're all about amplifying. So to find a, a chocolate that balances out and also amplifies the flavors in mm. the wine. I'm, I'm the chocolate person, so I talk chocolate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, of course. You know, it's the first thing, the wine's second. Yeah. But it becomes a, a kind of a nice experience, and you're getting that amplification of flavor. Mm. And then the mouthfeel of, again, because there's fat in the chocolate with the tannins in the wine, and, and mm. it's always fun. When Ben's telling me, oh, I get this from the wine, and yeah. I'm going, oh, I get this from the chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And you know it's a winning uh, pairing when you go, oh, let's have some more. Yeah, mm. uh, We've done a couple, I'd say, are in the ballpark. Uh, I guess that's kind of an American expression, <laughs> yeah. in the ballpark, I guess, yeah. in the cricket pitch or whatever. <laughs> you know, we're, it's good, but there's some that you go, oh, that's good. Yeah. And that is something personal, too, because, you, you know, in a group of people, you have, like I said, there's different, you have different biases in your palate, mm. but they're all pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th I think we've done very well. We've come up with a few crowd-pleasing pairings, yeah. as well as the few that are slightly more curveball pairings. But uh, I think the thing about it really is it's just interesting to experiment and try these different things and i think if you like taste picking up a bottle of wine and some of tracy's chocolates it's it could create quite a fun evening i mean uh, for just, any chocolate and wine fan yeah just from listening to you two i'm so it's so interesting to me because i guess traditionally you think of you know wine with white wine with fish or whatever and it's more of a food pairing so but to hear uh, and taste the chocolate and think about it from a, a different perspective is actually really exciting for me and I, I I would definitely want to try you know pairing the the, the two together mm. um I think that's a really interesting and yeah. unique thing to think about brilliant we'll have to get you along to one of the tasting shows I'll be we? there I'll be there <laughs> okay so the next part of our podcast is where in the world now this is the part of the podcast that we give our lovely guest this time it's Tracy from chocolate voyage a glass of wine stocked by novel wines uh, and it can be from anywhere in this weird and wonderful world and it's called a blind test so you just have to look at it taste it smell it and try and tell us where exactly in the world this wine is from yep and you get free guesses tracy if you get it the first time you Grab go it. on our tasters of fame board All and right. we'll do that with a little t tasting uh, and i'll take you through it guess the varietal no just the country oh, oh just goodness, the country okay, and sure. uh, <laughs> <laughs> if if you don't manage first time round, uh we'll do two extra guesses but we'll give you some clues uh based on some pub trivia so if we dive right in the first thing we always do with wine is look at the color so how would we describe the color of the wine yeah it's uh it's ruby and it's quite deep yep, color wise definitely and um, but it looks uh quite bright so it looks almost like a gem so it's quite a young wine so we're looking at uh probably wines from warmer climates because they were released a little bit earlier so mm -hmm. give it a swirl and a smell 
What do we smell in this one? First thing that comes to your mind. You can say wine. <laughs> <laughs> My answer every time. Yeah, definitely wine. I'm getting a little peppery. Pepper, yes, definitely. Yeah. There's pepperiness in here as well. What kind of fruit are we getting? Cherries. Cherries, yeah, no, definitely yes, cherries. Kind of yeah. Fruit, <laughs> fruit, fruit, cherry. It's got that or kind fruit, of fruit, uh, mm. tree fruit. I was going to say a little bit sour, getting a little bit of sour smell. Just at the end there, sort yeah. Of thing, yeah. So we're looking at somewhere probably quite warm to get the cherry and the pepper, but not too warm because you've got a bit of sourness in there as well. So give it a taste because most of what you smell is what you taste. Well, that's quite spicy, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Quite spicy, but also but do you feel the texture? How would you describe the texture of it? It's got a little bit of tannin, I think. Yes, it's got a little definitely. bit of a, a very a, a baby bite. It's not mm. a big bite, but it's just a yeah. Yeah, and we're getting the acidity still. Mm. It's probably a yeah. bit more obvious now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, this is my first sip of the day, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No acidity yet. <laughs> if you're ever tasting wine at home, make sure you have a second glass. <laughs> just to be sure. Yeah, the first one is always a palate adjustment. <laughs> so. Well, it really has got some sort mm. of the fruit. Yeah. There, isn't it? yeah. Definitely the true fruit. Yeah. So you're not too warm, not too cold. Somewhere in the middle. Actually, it tastes good with the chocolate too. I'm, mm. I think I'm getting a little bit more of the spicy because we just had this. The pepper. Yeah, 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 exactly. Chocolate, it's warming. Definitely. It's warming up my palate rather. I think that'd be a good pairing. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the pepper there. You've got a little bit of bite. So you're thinking probably, hopefully, oak. Or uh, yeah, yeah, definitely oak. Definitely oak. So think of the kind of regions that release oaked wines. Think not too warm, not too cold. Where do we think, Tracy? No pressure. Nope. <laughs> Guess number one. Uh, I'd say somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah, oh. you're close. Okay. Oh wow, good at um, this. Well, it's only because I've I've tasted some of uh, Ben's uh, wines from Uruguay, so it definitely mm. doesn't have that. So, and he was guiding us a little bit, yeah. not yeah. too hot, not too cold. Um, okay, I'm going to guess Hungary. You're going to guess Hungary. And you've got it right first time. Oh, That's a second wow. person in two weeks, yes. So this is the Shabar Cabernet Franc, which is from Lake of Balaton in West Hungary. Uh, and basically you have loads of sunshine because where it is on the lake, you've got south-facing um, and it gets loads of sunshine. So you get a lovely rich cherry fruit, but it's not too warm because we're in Hungary. Uh, so you get a lovely sourness as well. And then it's aged in a little bit of uh, oak which gives it that gentle tannin. Um, but this is very different to the Loire-style Cabernet Franc in northern France, where it's really quite bitey, mm. quite tannic, quite leathery. This is a lot more fruity. If you were to go even more towards the south, to Sexard and Villainy, the Cabernet Franc gets even deeper, very, very rich cherry fruit. So they tend to oak it for longer, which means you end up with very, very tannic wines in the south of Hungary. So this is basically the the middle bear if you like of yeah. the cabernet franc style uh really easy to drink and a great food wine hopefully yeah no it's it's very nice it's very lovely excellent well congratulations All you right, go on I'm our a winner tasters of fame board the second i, I had to apply my there. chocolate skills to wine. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant congratulations uh, and you win the rest of the bottle as well <laughs> even better perfect 
So it's the final part of the podcast where we get to ask the experts some questions from you guys at home. So today we're going to ask Tracy from Chocolate Voyage, the master chocolate taster. And we've been on a bit of a voyage, a bit of a journey this podcast, uh, tasting both chocolate and wine. Um, But the people at home want to know, they haven't seen much craft chocolate around. It's not necessarily something you always see in shops. So where do they get it from? Well, it is, like I said, it's very early days, uh, and it's hard for uh, the chocolate makers. They're making very small batch. We didn't really get into that, but they're not making the volume that the retailers want. Uh, And also, I think, you know, as I was saying, this is chocolate made from rare beans. The price point is much higher than your typical chocolate we're talking sort of five to ten pounds a bar. It's kind of shocking. Mm. Uh, and it, it takes a specialty retailer or someone with knowledge to kind of explain that to the, the customer. Uh, so it's still too early for craft chocolate. It is, you know, so again, it's with, you know, Chocolate Voyage. It's online. Uh, there are a couple of wine, uh, actually, merchants, because, again, I think that's a great place for it to, to be retailed. Uh, wine merchants, and then also the coffee. We didn't, haven't talked about coffee, but certainly a parallel with the craft chocolate movement is coffee, and their consumers kind of understand, you know, what craft chocolate is about. So we're it's early days, but pricing is a big point. Okay, and if you are, you know, the consumer, the customer, you guys at home want to buy some of this, let's say higher end chocolate, uh, where is best to store it? We were talking um, about wine a little bit earlier. Um, so where's best to store the, the chocolate? Well, I I put a I when I cuz I do a monthly subscription box and I and actually in all the boxes I send out cuz we're online, I always put a little sort of instructions and one of them is the the, the munch rule, don't munch. <laughs> and the other rule is uh for, you know, sort of my chocolate connoisseurs is don't store it in the refrigerator. Okay. That's too that the temperature's too low. You really need to store good chocolate again because I I've been saying quite a bit it's made with good cocoa butter, cacao butter. You want to store it at room temperature. So never store it in the refrigerator. Refrigeration or low temperatures start to break the structure of the chocolate down sort of on a, a molecular, I can't even say that, molecular <laughs> level. Yeah. So the mouthfeel becomes quite brittle. You know, it's sort mm. of like, you know, the ice creams in the chocolate coated ice creams in the freezer they come out and they break in your mouth well that's you don't want that with good chocolate and you want to taste the flavor so yeah never in the refrigerator always at room temperature Perfect. well thank you very much some top tips for you guys at home Uh, and now it's over to you tracy you get to quiz the wine wizard uh, ask him whatever question (laughs) you would like no and I'm, i'm really impressed with with ben and his business and the way he sourced and traveled around uh, to look at new, I guess, terroirs, uh, but also varietals. I mean, you know, India and Uruguay and some really interesting uh, varietals. So I'm always interested to know where Ben's taking us next. <laughs> oh, thank you. For, that's a very good question. It gets uh, me kind of excited about what we're adding to Novel Wines list. Uh, a few of the things we've been looking at recently, uh, China, 
because I've been looking for good Chinese wine for mm. a long time. And I finally found a brilliant importer who specializes in fine Chinese wines. Uh, so we'll have some lovely Chinese stuff coming away. And also, I want to do a lot more from South America. So similar regions to where you're uh, sourcing your chocolate. Peru has some delicious wines. And I'm really keen to get some Peruvian oh, wines exciting. into the UK. Yeah. yeah uh, and they offer something a little bit different because it's much cooler. Um, so we can create some really nice styles of wine. So, and, and what sort of varietals are they doing in China? In China, there's a lot of Bordeaux varieties. So you get a lot of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc. Um, they're experimenting a bit with Shiraz uh, over there as well. Um, but there's some delicious also in the white wines. Viognier is quite a popular wine. Um, but it's very, very French styles at the moment, but made in a... Chinese way so the wines are slightly softer slightly sweeter uh, they do some beautiful ice wines so uh, to walk back to Canada um, China is a competitor definitely and yeah we'll be looking forward to introducing some unique Chinese wines to Nob Wines list shortly amazing well Exciting. keep an ear out for that on our podcast uh, Tracy from Chocolate Voyage thank you so much well, thanks thank for coming you. please do yeah. come back <laughs> it's been fun <laughs> we definitely chocolate. do some more wine and chocolate pairings I think that's a must yeah definitely uh, yeah thank you everyone for listening to the Novel Wines Grapevine podcast uh, thanks to Kat as well for producing uh, the podcast Kat from Gradino uh, I've been Ben I've been Yas and we'll see you next time thank you very much bye